0: You're listening to the latest preaching from Brixham Community Church. Uh, I don't think I have ever uh, had so much confirmation about a message I'm supposed to bring. Quite incredible. Um, it started when we were in the prayer meeting and it's continued through the whole meeting. There's a part of me thinks I'll just sit down and not bother. <laughs> yeah, I thought you'd say something. <laughs> But um, you'll understand why when I share some of the stuff I'm going to share. But if you've got your Bibles, I'm going to read you a story from Genesis 22. Sometime later, God tested Abraham, and he said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, Go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here uh, with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and we'll come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering, placed it on his son Isaac, and he carried the fire and the knife. Uh, he carried the fire probably refers to flint, because okay, it would be pretty impressive if he was literally carrying fire. Uh, as the two of them went on together... Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here. Where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they'd reached the place, God said, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son, Isaac, And laid him on top. Then he reached out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God, because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up. And there in the thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over, took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. For the sake of time, I'm going to stop there. Where did I put the clicker? Thank you. Bear with me this morning. I've not used this before, so it's a test for me. So, has something appeared? Wow. Who remembers 2013, um, Walt Disney uh, Productions came up with a film, and um, the film was called Frozen. Now, um, I was very tempted to play you a song from that film, because I don't know about anyone else, I found it extremely nauseating, um, because every radio station, every time you turned something on that had anything to do with music, and you would hear this song, Let It Go. And uh, I wanted to let it go and kick it in a touch, basically. But the interesting thing is that my wonderful granddaughter absolutely loves this film. And when she comes and stays, she often wants to sit with her grandpa and says, ''Can we watch Frozen, Grandpa?'' And so I have to endure the film. It's actually a very good film, okay? I'm not knocking the film at all. It's just the overplay of the song was ridiculous. But it does emphasise something I want to talk about this morning, and that's letting go and letting God. I was told not to do that. So we've read. So we're going to move on. And now I'm going to tell you something about Abraham. Abraham, a few chapters before, gets a wonderful promise, and he is going to be a big dad, a big father to many, many people. That's great, isn't it? When we get a promise from God, it's exciting. Do you not think? When God says something to, to even to this day, even God says something to me, I get all excited. I think, wow, God's spoken to me. I've heard something from God. I've got a promise. Despite what? Well, Abraham believes God. It actually mentions in Scripture, it's accredited to him for righteousness. His faith was amazing. There's a whole chapter in Hebrews about um, the big faith chapter, about all the patriarchs, all the people that went before. But Abraham was the key man. He believed God in his situation. Friends, the circumstances were impossible. If you know the story, um, they were both old, him and his wife Sarah. And the scripture says that Sarah was well past childbearing age. Impossible circumstances existed. But Abraham believed God. If God gives you a promise you don't look at the circumstances, okay? Because God will bring it to come about. Sarah laughed about the situation and got told off for it, tried to actually deny it. I've put a note here about helping hands. Hagar was um, Sarah's maidservant. So what happened here? Well, they decided between them to concoct a plan that would bring about the promise of God. I'm not wrong in what I'm saying, am I? And so Sarah said, listen, it's not happening. Here's my maidservant. Now, of course, Abraham could have turned around and said, no, you're going to believe God, but he didn't. And, and, of course, the story goes that, that Hagar um, had a son called him Ishmael. The repercussions of that are still going on to this day. You all realise that, don't you? All the problems out in the Middle East between the Israelis and the Arabs are because somebody decided to give God a helping hand. Yeah? Be careful. I've said there, the box syndrome. You've heard me talk about this before, about trying to put God in a box. And please don't tell me you don't do it because I think we all do it. I think we get a word from God and we think, I know how this is going to pan out. You think I'm different? Listen, two years ago, I stood in this church And I told you that God was going to bring about change. Do you remember me saying that? Changing my life. Now, I had some wonderful ideas about how that change was coming about. And I thought, I was so excited about it. I thought, I'm going to spend some time with John, and we're going to talk this through. And, uh, well, what happened? (laughs) My ideas went out the window. But change did come, God promised change, and change came, but not in the way I expected. You see what I'm saying? We get an idea in our minds, we get a word from God, we get a promise, and we think this is how it's going to pan out. Do not put God in a box, friends. Don't try and give God a helping hand. Because there's the results that we've just looked at. So, the main event. And I've said here a phrase which I've used before about walking the story. Most of us would have heard this story before. And I'll tell you what happens. In your mind, you'll say, yeah, but in the end, he never killed Isaac. Come on, be honest. That's what you tend to do. But I want you to walk this story, friends. We've read it. Now I'm going to put it into some sort of idea for you. God says to Joe Hyde one morning, I want you to sacrifice Lindsay. That's pretty... Are you getting where I'm coming from here, Joe? Should he tell Vez? I personally think not. Because I think they might I don't think you've heard from God at all. We're not going down that route. But I, I've picked on Jan Vez here because they've got a young boy. Well they've got two, and they might have three. Uh, that's not a prophecy, by the way. <laughs> I've Gotta <to> be careful. <laughs> But are you getting a sense of this, friends? When I talk about walking the story, that is what it's about. That was what was happening with Abraham and Sarah. Now, I think Abraham was quite wise because he didn't say anything to Sarah. I think also sometimes information withheld is wise for the reason I've just explained Sometimes if God tells you or gives you a promise, it is not always wise to go around and tell everyone and everything about it. It's not always wise to do that. Now, it may be good for you to share with one or two people who you trust and respect and who you know will pray for you, but I do think that sometimes we need to be careful that we don't go telling every single person. I think there's wisdom sometimes in withholding things. What have I said next? Well, I've put up there killing the method, not the promise. This is a thought that I had, but it's interesting that in Hebrews 11.19, which I think I've referred to there, it talks about the fact that Abraham actually believed that God could raise his son from the dead. So it was not, I do not believe, that God was questioning, uh, that Abraham, sorry, was questioning the promise that God had given him. But what Abraham had to do, if you like, was not put God in the box and be prepared to go down the route that God was telling him to go down. So that's what I mean by about killing the method. Killing the idea in our minds that we've got it worked out. Like I thought I had it worked out. How change was coming. Now, we've heard this mentioned before. I'm going to mention it again because it's such a brilliant illustration that originates from um, J. John. And it's the idea of a car. And when we invite Christ into our lives, we invite him into our car. And he talks about different places that people can be in the car. And he will question and say, are you in the boot? Because you don't want other people knowing. Or are you in the back seat? You're quite happy for Jesus to be in the car, but you're keeping a back line, if you like. Or are you really spiritual and you're driving the car and Jesus is next to you and you're having a chat with him? Or if you're really, really super spiritual, you're sitting in the passenger seat and Jesus is driving the car and you're having a nice chat and then the car goes a certain way and you, and you say, I, I don't want to go down that route. It's all about sat-nav, say. Eh? Jesus wants to take us this way. Well, hang on a minute, I'm not so keen on that idea. In fact, I'll tell you what, I'll take the wheel back for this little bit. And then you can go back in the seat afterwards. And this whole idea, I, I just think it's a brilliant illustration and, and often, when I get in the car, I often think about it. And I, I always think of backseat drivers as well. You know, you get someone giving you a whisper in your ear, oh, you shouldn't be so close to that person. Or, you, you need to uh, be careful, or you're driving too quickly. It's never a problem with me, that one. Um, well, <laughs> I've put on here. Now, I know some of you will remember there was a hymn when I was growing up. And the hymn was called I Surrender All. Who remembers that hymn? Just Oh, several people, okay. I, I was dubbed a rebel. You cannot believe that, can you? That Mark Goodyear was a rebel. The reason I was dubbed being a rebel was I wouldn't sing the hymn. I wouldn't sing the hymn because I knew I didn't mean it. And so I chose not to sing it. Now, There were people who thought that I was being rebellious and I suppose in a way I was because we're going to now stand up and sing I Surrender All. And they used to use it in the context of meetings when there was going to be an appeal and and you would come to the front and, and we would sing and there was this atmosphere of surrendering everything to Jesus. I just think sometimes it's very easy to say things And we're not quite sure what we're meaning when we say things. Um, I heard it in the prayer meeting earlier. We need to realise what we're singing when we sing some of these songs, friends. Every giant will fall. Do you believe it? It has implications, doesn't it? Sacrifice. Easy, isn't it? See, friends, I can't get into your lives, into your heads. You might come and chat to me. You might tell me things. I might be aware of certain things. But basically, this is what's going on between you and God. What is God asking you? Now, I suggest it's probably hard. Because if something is easier. doesn't tend to be a sacrifice, does it? Am I right? Sometimes God comes, he gives a promise, and then he's asking, well, hang on. What are you prepared to sacrifice? If something is worth something, it, 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 it costs, friends. Even in this material world in which we live in, if you want something really nice, it costs. This whole story is about letting it go. It's it's saying to God, I don't understand. And as I stand here this morning, for each and every one of us, God will be talking to you right now. I guarantee it. The Holy Spirit will be highlighting something that you know God has been speaking to you about. And it may be that thing that you need to Say, but it's so hard. All right. (laughs) I'm going to talk to you a little bit about myself here. I know some of you know bits about me. Some of you know an awful lot about me. Some of you may not know hardly anything at all. But when I was, I I became a Christian when I was 18. But you need to understand, I'd more or less grown up in the church. Um. And at 18, I decided to give my life to Christ. But in J. John's analogy, friends, I was in the boot. Okay? I didn't want people knowing um, outside of the church. And um, so that was the situation. And, and so to talk to me about the Lordship of Christ it was a real big no-no. And that's why I wouldn't sing I Surrender All. At that time, in my late teens, early 20s, I'm gonna mention football, although this man will be very happy this morning, I realise that. And one or two others in here as well, Mr. Perkins. Um, I used to go and watch my team every home game. Okay, now, this was in the time before it was all seaters, so it's just showing my age a bit. But I used to get up and watch my team Arsenal, most home games. And uh, I used to love it. Spend Saturday usually because there wasn't television then with the games. So it was usually on a Saturday kickoffs. Used to go up there on the train because of where I lived. It was about an hour to the ground. Um, get in the ground, get myself a pie and and uh, put on weight and uh, all sorts of things. And then um, I was in a meeting like this, and we had a speaker. And he, and he was saying, uh, now what is God asking you to sacrifice? And I sat there and I thought, it can't be football, it's ridiculous. Can't be the football. I mean, God's an Arsenal supporter, surely. <laughs> I, 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 I just, I wasn't going down that route. But as I sat there, friends, and this is what I'm saying to you about the Holy Spirit dealing with people. It, it got worse and worse. And I thought, oh my word. I knew what God was saying to me. Are you prepared to put it on the line, Mark? Well, I did put it on the line. I didn't stop supporting Arsenal, okay, as you all know. But I did reevaluate where my money was going, for one thing. And my time was another thing. Because there were things that were being arranged that I couldn't go to. Can you not make it, Mark? No, well, actually, I'm, I'm at Highbury watching the Gunners play. So... There was a challenge for me at 20, and I, I said, okay, God, it's yours. And, and I think I sung a couple of lines of I Surrender All, probably. <laughs> thinking, thinking, friends, that I had made it. Yes, there was the big sacrifice that Goodyear had made. And then, a few years later, when I was 24... I'm faced with the challenge again. I'm in an AOG conference meeting, and um, God says to me in this meeting, clear as a bell, friends, I can't, you know, you'd have to come and talk to me if you want to know, but I knew that God was speaking to me clearly, um, asking me to give up my career and go and work on the mission field. Now, when I say career, I did have a career, and for seven years I worked in cancer research. Worked in a laboratory, did day release at college, and I've actually got letters after my name if I choose to ever use them, which I don't. Um, but for seven years, I loved my job. Believe you me, I loved my job. Did a lot of research with leukemia, and and, um, and this is going way back. Um, and um, people smoking cigarettes was a big thing then and we were doing a lot of research with that the damage it was causing I loved my job the challenge comes to me again are you prepared to sacrifice well I did as hard as it was I took that route I remember when I handed my notice in at work they thought I'd gone mad and then a couple of people said to me well the pay must be good. And because uh, I wasn't earning bad money for the time, and I, I thought, well, the pay must be great. And, and I, I sort of said, well, no, it's not actually, because I, I don't know where my money's coming from. Because at that moment, I didn't. And they, I said, but the prospects are fantastic. Because I believed it, but I had to sacrifice. And, of course, that's when I went and worked with the evangelistic team. Did that for three years. Then I came back, worked in my home church, built up a youth group. And suddenly my ministry was everything to me. Successful youth group. Everything was fantastic. And then through a set of circumstances, friends, I had to step down. And it was gone. And I remember having arguments with God about it, saying, all sorts of things which you don't need to hear. Well, I'll tell you one, I, I was sort of saying things like, I've given up this for you. I've done this for you. Ever been in this sort of position? I've done this. I've given up this. And look at the state I'm in. Look at my circumstances. What a mess. Fortunately, I had one or two people in my life who helped me get some perspective at that time. Sacrifice costs, friends. Do we really think that Abraham thought that was an easy task? I don't think so. We heard Carol talking about what she'd seen. How would we be in that situation? And, you know, I'm going to tell you from the front of you, I don't know how I'd be. I'm being honest with you. I would just have to ask God for supernatural grace to deal with the situation. Because I don't know, friends. I'd like to say I would lay down my life, I would do this, but I honestly don't know. And probably until any of us was in that situation, which I pray to God none of us ever is, that we don't know. One thing I do know, friends, is there are things that are going on in this world today uh, and we do not know the half of them. There are all sorts of situations that people are faced with like we heard every single day. I have a cousin who is the UK chairman of Christian Solidarity Worldwide. And he goes all around the world and he he preaches about religious freedom and people being allowed to express their religious um, uh, beliefs. And I know from him that some of the stories, people's lives are put on the line. So when you say to me and when I say to God, well, this is really hard, God, and it is hard for me, friends, let's get a bit of perspective of what's going on around us and what other brothers and sisters are suffering in different places. I'm going to bring it to a close because time has escaped us. I've mentioned here Romans 12:1 and 2, which most of you will be aware of, but it talks about us making ourselves available as living sacrifices. And I've said there, friends, it's a daily commitment. You can't suddenly, in a meeting like this, say, well, God, I'm going to lay this down, I'm going to sacrifice this, because I guarantee if you don't pray about it tomorrow morning, then you'll have the issue coming up again. And so daily, almost daily, you have to come before God and say, here it is. Here's the situation. Here's what I'm laying on the line. Living sacrifices. We've heard this statement before. If it's alive, friends, it's moving. And it's very easy for any of us to move from where God wants us to be. It's easy for me. Uh, we've heard that again uh, in the humdrum of the week, come Wednesday, come Thursday. If you don't have that time with God where you're committing yourself and saying, Here I am, I am a living sacrifice, you will crawl off the altar, friends, believe you me. It's about staying surrendered. It's an ongoing process, friends. You're not going to reach it. as I've, I've shared with you some stories. And I would like to stand here and say, oh, I've achieved, God, thank you. I've got through these things that I've sacrificed. But I know full well there's another sacrifice coming for me. Now, the exciting thing is that there are more promises coming from God. And despite my circumstances and situations, God can bring those things about don't look at the circumstances, friends. Don't look at your feelings. Our feelings are all over the place. I, I'd had a bad day last week, and I, and I remember saying, God, this is not good. I'm preaching Sunday. I don't want to be a hypocrite up there. And I just looked around, and, 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 and God said to me, how I feel doesn't change. Very simple statement. And, and I just almost, I thought, wow. I mean, we hear it, God doesn't change. But I'm so glad, friends, that he's not dictated to by how he feels at a certain time. He's unchangeable. I'm changeable. How I feel because of certain circumstances and things that come in, it, you know, I was feeling lousy. And I'll tell you what, when I heard that, I, I felt a lot better. Because I just praised God. My normal prayer time actually went out the window. I I just said, God, I just praise you because you're always the same. You're not subject to how we feel. Let's look at this quickly. It tells us there, uh, there's a lot of talk about knowing the will of God and a lot of people have complicated it, in my opinion. It's very simple. If you continually sacrifice on a daily basis and you say, God, here am I, you use me, friends, you will find out what the will of God is. Promises will be fulfilled. That's exciting, isn't it? Promises fulfilled, and provision will come. There was a ram in the thicket. I don't often say much about money, but I'll say this this morning. We all say, that um, everything we have belongs to god it's a very spiritual thing to say isn't it everything that i have belongs to god really just thinking of our finances yeah, I'm, you know i'm you know me i'm standing here pointing the finger at myself it's tough sometimes to lay your finances before god and say it's all yours lord you know, well, I need, Lord, I need this, I need that. But it's all yours. See, what I want you to go away from here today is to think more about what you say. So think more about what you've seen. Don't look at your circumstances. God's given you a promise. It will come to fruition, as He did with Abraham. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit brixham.church.